was thinking about this presentation and the title, I thought, what's my kind of key point? And I'm not sure if I have one. So, <laughs> so I put the title as the main project that I, I'm going to talk about, which is the Improving the Impact of Outreach and Evaluation project that's been mentioned. Um, so what I, um, I'm going to talk about, so Alex very helpfully sent me a list of kind of questions to think about. So I've kind of stuck to, the, to those questions, really, when I was thinking about what, what, what should I talk about. So I'll tell you a bit about the, the research project um, and then what impact the research had, um, challenges, what I've learned, and um, then thinking about what other support might be useful for the sector and for early career researchers in terms of impact. So then when I was writing these slides, I then just ploughed straight ahead into telling you about the research and answering all of those questions and got to the end and thought, at no point have I told these people who I am or anything of my background or anything. So I thought inserting a slide about that might be useful. So um, I'm an early career researcher. I graduated in July 2016, which um, is now nearly a year ago when it feels weeks ago rather than a year ago. Um, and that was in sociology at Warwick. And um, shortly after that, I started working in the Centre for Education Studies, also at Warwick as a research fellow. And I'm um, still there now. So while I've been there, I've been working on a few different projects, but I think the, one of the biggest ones has been this um, improving the evaluation of outreach um, project. So the principal investigator for that was Claire Crawford. Um, she's now on maternity leave, which is nice. Um, and Robin um, Naylor um, kind of took over while, while she's been on maternity leave. They're both in economics at um, Warwick, but there's been quite a few people from different institutions that have um, fed into the project. So, there's quite a few, as um, uh, Richard was saying, um, there's often collaborative funding. So there's funding from Offer and for the Department for Education. Um, I think some from the um, Sutton Trust and I think definitely for Phase 2 from the Sutton Trust. And also since most of the key researchers were from Warwick, they chipped in in terms of some extra staff time and resources and things like that. So the project basically does quite clearly what the title says really. So what we were looking at is... Um, there's lots of outreach and WP work going on in institutions and there's quite a lot of evaluation works being done about evaluating that and trying to work out what is this having any impact um, and also thinking about how impact could be kind of increased so the project was designed to have a look a look at that so um, to start off with we did a sector survey that went to kind of all the all the institutions to ask them things like what types of projects are you currently doing, what age groups are you working with, what outcomes are you hoping for, um, and also how they currently evaluate that, so what types of evalu method, evaluation methods um, you use, how many staff you have working on evaluation, what kind of skills and experiences they have. So it's quite a, a long survey and we were really pleased at how many people took the time to complete all of it, which, which was good. So that's to kind of get a lay of the land and see where we are at the moment. Then following on from that, we did some targeted interviews with um, eight institutions to ask them a bit more and more about that and to get an understanding of um, both what they're doing, but also what their challenges are, what's stopping them from doing things that they would like to be able to do or what are the barriers. And some of the questions and things that you've raised is stuff that I've been hearing a lot while we've been, <laughs> been doing, this, um, doing this project. So then from that, um, that was combined to produce these guidance do um, documents. Uh, which have been mentioned. So in terms of the impact for this, as, as Richard was saying, these haven't been published yet, so I'm assuming it's still in relatively early stages in terms of following on impact. But um, there seems to be quite a lot of conversations already happening about impact and about evaluation. 
and um, I think this project has kind of added fuel to that more than other projects I've working on I've had more e people email me about this project and ask when there's going to be publications or email to ask questions or ask questions at events um, and actually I do have a um, a mailing list that I was going to send around to everybody when these publications are published so if anyone wants to be added to that um, then you can either email me or give me your email address while, while we're here and I can add you to the list. Um, I do that normally for, for all projects and there's only one or two, pe two people on there but there's starting to be quite a long list for, for this project which I think is showing that there is quite a lot of appetite for kind of guidance and direction on this. Um, we also did a workshop in February that was um, at a kind of offer conference um, and giving some people some initial initial feedback of what we've been finding and again there was a lot of a lot of questions and that really fed into the the work that we were doing. Um, so what's going to be published is these two reports. So the one um, closest to me with the purple heading. Uh, is what we've called a kind of interview report. So this is largely key findings from particularly the targeted um, interviews that we did. And it gives an overview of currently what's uh, common challenges across the sector or common kind of practice that's that's going that's going on. Because although we found that there's huge diversity in the types of institutions, there were some common kind of challenges and things, difficulties that were kind of coming up again and again. So that kind of gives a overview of where we currently are. And then the other report, um, is the more initial kind of guidance. So as we were saying before, like the, that constant challenge of, you know, respecting individual circumstances and institutions, but then also providing guidance is something that, that, that we've struggled with while we've been doing this. So the goal of that, rather than to say, you know, this is how you should do an evaluation, is to propose a more kind of shared language to start with, so we can all be talking about the same things in the same way and know what we mean when we say certain words, because there isn't always clarity around that and also to set some kind of general levels and as we talked about a scaffold so you can use that to help you think through planning evaluation universities might come to different conclusions and therefore do it in different ways but there's been a kind of clearer um, process so that's that's the plan with that I think from um, that I wasn't planning on saying much more about that project but I'm happy to um, answer questions about it if people would like so um, in terms of um, challenges I've um, approach the rest of this from my position as an early career researcher working on this project. Um, so firstly having the confidence to contribute as only an early career researcher. So when you're quite aware that you are quite new in your career and you're working with people who are far more established and have far more um, knowledge and experience it can be difficult or I found it difficult at times to think what am I contributing, should I be contributing, you know can I contradict this person or can I add <laughs> add this information so um, yeah dealing with confidence is a, a challenge for for me and I think other ECRs as well um, also working with people in different disciplines which can always be quite difficult anyway again that shared language thing um, and particularly on this project so the two people I worked most closely with were Claire and Robin who are both from economics and they're both quantitative researchers and they do all kinds of fabulous very complicated quants things and I'm predominantly a qualitative researcher and they don't really do any qualitative research so there's that initial discussion of kind of explaining to each other what it is we do and, and deciding how to um, kind of go forward with the with the project which I think in the long term is a strength but it, it does create initial challenges in terms of understanding where you're all coming from and knowing how to go forward together. 
And um, the last one is dealing with sector hopes and expectations, which partly is, I think, been highlighted in um, the the room. So when people have talked about this, people kind of really want this this type of guidance um, because there are a lot of things that are being asked of institutions, and some people are quite panicked about being able to to meet the expectations and the things that they they want to be able to deliver, and also people want to be able to do good evaluation. And um, so some of the things that people said in terms of they're really looking forward to this guidance and hoping that it's just going to solve all their problems. And, and it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's a good place to, to start from, but it's not going to kind of solve everything. So managing, managing that to make sure that there isn't kind of huge disappointment or we don't oversell what it is that we can offer to people is, is a, has been a challenge with this project. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of um, what I've, learnt from this so as was as was um, said at the start about i think a, a lot in or more in academia there's a focus on talking about me and my research and my public profile and getting my research out there and how to influence people and it seems very um individual and very kind of promoting and almost marketing and i think a lot of academics kind of struggle with that or that doesn't seem to quit fit fit quite right and one thing I've learned from doing this project is that actually impact isn't always just individual. It's not about me thinking, right, how am I going to get my research and my profile out there? This project's been very collaborative. There's been a group of us that have worked together. And actually, I think by doing that, it's been able to have um, bigger impact and um, different voices collaborating, which I think is better. So for me, that's been a more comfortable, positive way of starting to do impact rather than necessarily having to think about right, how am I going to promote, my, promote myself? Um, so, and secondly, um, being more confident in your experience and knowledge and what you can contribute. So I was saying confidence was a challenge for me. But definitely from doing this, I've realised just because you're working with people who are more experienced or more knowledgeable doesn't mean that you have no experience or no knowledge. Um, and that actually, you probably do have something to contribute. And um, the last one, understanding the different contexts that people work in and the realities of their work. So I got an <laughs> increased understanding of why people sometimes say that academia is kind of ivory tower. And I should have known better because my family work in the NHS and the charity sector. Um, but from doing the survey particularly, we were very surprised at the huge diversity in the sector in terms of outreach teams and um, evaluation work. So the fact of an outreach team, that doesn't necessarily exist at all institutions and also where that sits. So whether it's through finances or whether it's got its own team or whether, so where it sits within the institution is completely different. We asked people how many staff they had working on it and it goes from everything from a fraction, so half a person, all the way up to 30 or 40 or 50 people working on evaluation. Um, and again, the skill levels, resources that people have access to, both in terms of time and money, but also in terms of things like the programmes people have access to. So as a researcher, you know, I would use Envivo and SPSS and consider those to be, you know, relatively standard for doing kind of research. But speaking to people, some outreach teams don't have access to those programmes, even though their researchers do. So th that was a big point of learning in some research. We could have kind of sat in a room and come up with some evaluation that then we could say to everybody there evaluate like that but it's not going to work for everybody and it's just not going to be possible for everybody um so understanding that need to actually kind of work with people rather than just coming up with a perfect academic solution that then is going to be completely impractical in in the, the real world um so in terms of then 
uh, what support I think um, would be needed. So um, I've mentioned confidence a few times. Um, so building confidence to work with senior, senior staff. So this idea of suddenly sitting at the big table. And I think it's often assumed that once you're at your point in your career where you are starting to sit at those tables, have those conversations with those people, you're suddenly, suddenly confident enough to be able to do that. And that doesn't necessarily happen um, in tandem. So there's quite a lot of training. So most of the training I've been on about impact has been on more practical skills. So how to write a press release or, you know, how to write a news art, newspaper article or something. But there's also something in this soft skills, which a lot of people hate that phrase. But in terms of dealing with um, confidence or how to work with senior staff or um, have those kind of things, I think some something addressing that would be would be useful in addition to the practical skills stuff. Um, and then this last point, I was debating about whether to, um, to, to mention this, but I think it's an area that it would be worth thinking about a bit more. So support with producing work for other audiences, whatever they are. So for example, um, design work. So for this um, project, we had some kind of reports and this draft guidance, and it was just a plain text kind of word version. Um, incredibly boring and I don't think most people <laughs> would have read it or got all the way through it. So we wanted just something kind of basic done to it to like put a front cover on it and, and that kind of stuff. And um, I spoke to my institution about that and they have kind of templates for PowerPoint slides and letter headings but they don't have anything for reports um, and we would have to pay to have that done within our institution which to me seems a bit odd and a bit of a shame. If, if institutions want to support kind of impact works, there needs, there needs to be the support there for turning kind of raw work into something that can have impact and into a format that people can use it and access it. And for smaller projects, having to pay for that would, would probably be quite a barrier. When there are huge communications and marketing teams in universities, it seems a bit odd and a bit of a, a, bit of a shame. Um, but related to that, again, there's the question of it should researchers be doing this or if not who? And I don't, I, this is a genuine question. I don't, I haven't thought that. So sometimes to communicate things, it might be better to have it in a video format or to have it as a nicely done um, report with kind of graphics and images. Is that, are those skills that modern researchers need and that we should all kind of learn how to do that? Or are researchers researchers and actually somebody else should do that and that those aren't skills that they need to um, develop and I don't know with that um, but either way somebody needs to do to do that work and I guess my concern is um, if, if we're not careful that can slip into becoming a more marketing exercise where it's we've got this idea that we want to sell to people or that we want to influence people with we'll turn it into a video or we'll turn it into a report and actually, I think it would be better to think about it as communication and have comms teams. So why are you turning it into a video? Is it because that sounds better or looks better or because that's genuinely a better way to communicate with your audience? And again, I think communication implies more a two-way thing. So if you've created this video, how are people going to talk back to you? Um, and that possibly isn't factored in to marketing as much. Um, so yeah, that's just a, a, a thought a thought with that because I think at the moment there is a bit of a gap there and if we're not careful it can turn into, go in a direction that we're not necessarily happy with on reflection. Um, I, think, I think that was it, yeah. So that was everything that I was going to say. I'm happy to answer, answer any questions if there are any. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> the time for questions and hands. <laughs> <laughs> Please remember to just...
So if you've not already said who you are, 